Hey, hey, welcome to the It's A Lot Y'all podcast. I'm Allie B. With me, as always, producer Nicole. It is episode six, and we have got a great episode for y'all today. We have a guest coming on the show, but before we get into that, Nicole can barely talk because she spent all weekend partying at Mardi Gras, as she says, right? I know. Sorry, I have no voice right now, but we are working through it. Got to spend a lot of time with family. Super exciting weekend, but glad to be back in Dallas. I thought it was really funny. You sent me those cute videos. You saw the Clydesdales and we were yes. talking about how we love seeing them on the Super Bowl. So you're so we lucky. We did. I know. They're always a part of the Sunday's Night Parade Bacchus. Every year the Clydesdales come out and they have a Dalmatian and they're on a big red wagon. It's a Budweiser, you know, Clydesdales and they're just stunning. So when I saw them come down, I had to video and take some pictures to send over to Allie because I knew she would appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely loved it. And I asked you, like, why did you lose your voice? And what did you tell me, Nicole? Because I was screaming for some Mardi Gras beads. <laughs> Literally, like, when am I going to learn? I don't know. But gosh, I was just screaming, throw me something, throw me something. And I have lost my voice. Did you eat some delicious food down there? The best. We had pastelaya. We had king cake. We had gumbo. Mm. We had everything. You name it. Just so good to be spending time with family and celebrating and the Mardi Gras weekend. It's funny. My husband's from Louisiana too. And when he's cooking, you're always like, hey, what you guys cooking over there? Because he's always <laughs> cooking something that you're going to like, some kind of Cajun delicious food. I know. And I'm I need to bring like, you some. Yes. I'm always like, Allie, bring me some to the Mavs game. Just, <laughs> just pour me a to-go plate. <laughs> Okay, guys. So yeah, this week we've got a great guest in the house. It is DJ Elusive. You guys, we have been working with him for a couple of years now on our Cowboys pregame show. He's amazing. He's a sports DJ. He does it all. So without further ado, here's DJ Elusive. All right, everybody. We are so excited that DJ Elusive is joining us on the It's A Lot Y'all podcast. Thanks for joining Welcome. us. Taking a cool like four weeks just to get me on because I'm schedule. <laughs> just to book you. Yeah, you are crazy You're hard to book. Busy man. We have so much to talk about with you today because you guys, DJ Elusive is a sports DJ amongst many other things. And as I was doing my research into sports DJs, there's some really cool things that came up and some stats that I saw and actually that I created in my own mind. But I was thinking about it and how unique your position is because really, if you think about it, there's what 32 NHL teams, 32 NFL teams, 30 NBA teams, mm -hmm. 30 Major League Baseball teams. That's not many. That's 124 sports teams overall. So what that boils down to basically is there's 124 people in the entire United States of America that are going to get your job as a professional sports DJ. So that's like 330 million people in the U.S. That boils down to point crazy zero 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 three eight percent chance of you becoming a sports DJ. So your position is so hard to get. How did you even be this? So it's kind of like a weird, crazy story. I've always DJed since I was 12. Music has been a big part of my life the entire time. I think one day how I got into sports DJing was I attended, I think it was something at the Mesquite Arena and it wasn't rodeo. It was <laughs> indoor football in like 2016. And I was like, wait a minute, there's music here. Who's controlling the music? And I started thinking about it. And I was like, well, somebody has to push play. So then I kind of started doing my research about sports DJs. And being in Dallas, Google's going to pop open 
whatever sports DJs are in Dallas. And I came across DJ EJ, who's the in-game DJ for the Cowboys. And I ended up reaching out to him. And I kind of like kept up for a while before he gave me my first sports gig. And sports gig was SMU football. I did a game and I quickly realized how hard it was to do sports DJing with the style that I was used to. How do you go from being a DJ that's DJing parties, clubs, weddings, things like that, and then transitioning into sports DJing? And what are some of the major differences that you saw right off the bat where you're like, oh, gosh, I need to work on this? Timing for sure. I mean, typically when you're DJing like clubs and weddings or any events in general, we use a whole different program. So like I use Serato. A lot of sports DJs still use Serato, but timing is everything in sports. Like you have to be, you're in a reactive role when you're a sports DJ. We're also called music directors or sound directors because we're literally telling the story of the game. So what helped me honestly, like be able to transition a little bit easier was I've always been the type of DJ to take emotions like up and down and not just go hundred percent all the time. And that a lot of times transitions into sports because you can't just start the game and just go like all hype the entire time (laughs) right you gotta read the crowd mm -hmm. and honestly like the first time i did a sports dj gig like i failed immensely because i was like all right well people aren't into it you have to be able to pace that's what we call it pacing like pace the energy pace the crowd and when it came to like me using serato in this program there is no way for me to be able to do that and then as i was getting more and more gigs ej helped me out a lot he was like hey look here's this program that It's kind of like the industry standard for sports DJs. So we're going to get it for you and you're going to load in all your music there and you're going to queue it up all (laughs) to these points, certain points. What is that program? So because we are now working on a new program, (laughs) I'm just going to mention the previous program. Are we gatekeeping here? The new program is called 7 Point Audio and it's becoming the industry standard for all sports DJs. You have 72 buttons on a screen and it's like tabs and you have groups of tabs. Then within there, there's 72 buttons on there and each button is queued up to a specific part of the song. So what about your drops and your little noises and your, you know, when someone makes a a basket or, yeah. (laughs) Is that all in there too? It is, but me personally, I actually use an iPad and on the iPad, I load in a whole bunch of different, I call them stingers, because it's a lot faster to get to. I have an iPad pulled up right in front of me, and then I just push the buttons that I need to. Oh, technologically speaking, it sounds like it's a lot harder than I thought it was, because I think, oh, you're just up there and you're like, oh, I feel like I want to play this song. Bing, like it's a whole different ball game. Everything really is a lot more calculated and sounds like there's a lot of technology that goes into all of that. But going back to Mesquite Rodeo, where you actually discovered that this was a position you could potentially have, which, by the way, I want to go back to my statistics, because statistically speaking, it's easier to make an NBA team than it is to become an NBA DJ or any sports DJ. So let's just absorb (laughs) that. (laughs) So Chris, awesome. I know it's true. I mean, I don't know (laughs) if it's true, true, but it's true in my world because (laughs) I'm about the math. And when I broke it down, you got a lot more people on the team. You only got one DJ people. Okay, back to Mesquite Rodeo. From there, you got your first gig. And then after that, how did you get into getting more gigs? And tell us about what your current gigs are. So I'm going to back it up a little bit because at that time, when I saw that indoor football game at the Mesquite Rodeo, 
I reached out to EJ to figure out kind of that side of things about how to do this stuff. At the time, they were called Mesquite Marshals, a professional indoor football team. Then I became their DJ. And that's where I kind of learned a lot more about how game flow goes. And the producer of the Mesquite Marshals, Travis, also did stuff for the Smith Pro Rodeos. Yes. So Smith Pro Rodeos produces a whole bunch of rodeos all throughout the United States and also produces Mesquite Rodeo. So Travis worked for Smith Pro Rodeos and they're like, hey, we need somebody in market to do the Mesquite Rodeo because Dallas is getting kind of like expensive now. And there's all these music directors that come into town and you live here. So why not? Like, how far do you live? I was like, oh, 15 minutes away. He said, perfect. So fast forward now, last year was my fifth rodeo season. Wow. And like rodeo is just, it's, as you know, Allie, it's very different than any other sport. So rodeo helped me out a lot because it helped me think on my feet because it's very like slow. And then all of a sudden it's very fast and then anything could happen. And then from rodeo, I started to DJ for University of Texas at Arlington. I did their volleyball season for three years. I did some of their basketball games, men's and women's. I've done TCU men's and women's basketball, volleyball as well. Dallas done Open, football. you've done it all. Dallas Open. I've done the Gold Cup games at AT&T Stadium. I've DJed for Nike at AT&T Stadium. I've done the... UIL state football championships, which is really big in Texas. High school football yeah, in Texas huge. is huge. And then before I was able to do all that at AT&T Stadium, I became one of the Dallas Cowboys DJs. So one of the pregame DJs. That's where we know you from. Yeah. I think we need to talk about how we all know each other and kind of introduce how <laughs> we brought DJ Lusa on board. I know. It's so awesome. So if you don't know, this is like the dream team, as we call it. The it's myself, DJ Lucid, producer Nicole. We work yeah. on the east side of Cowboy Stadium. We host the pregame show. So we all work super closely together. That's how we met. How many seasons have we been working together now? Two. Two. Wow. Okay. I was going to say like five because it feels like we've <laughs> known each other like. forever. It's hard to find a team that you really just gel with and everybody can like play off each other and we know what each other's thinking before we even do it. That's a really like special place to be in a team so quickly. I think, you know, we've mm -hmm. all worked with all different kinds of people. I mean, I hope you guys like me. I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's talk about our stuff at the Cowboys and how being the DJ of the pregame show and what responsibilities you have there. Yeah, I feel like I really warm up the fans because it's like these people are out there for hours before the game starts. And I mean, we're out there in the cold, in the rain, at least we're covered. They're not. Yeah, right. So <laughs> it's like it's, it's our job to really be entertainment. And it's basically like, hey, you're getting ready to see a football game. So a lot of times, I mean, just the formatting of everything goes hand in hand. Like I don't try to just come out and just go 100 miles an hour as soon as we start and nobody's there. It's <laughs> right. like try to go up and down, up and down, take emotions. And right. What do you think is one of the most important things as someone who's trying to become a sports DJ? Like, what do you think is one of the most important qualities that they have or that they try to learn? I always say that you have to be a good listener, know how to take criticism. You have to have thick skin and know that the show is not about you. Like at the end of the day, yes, I'm hired as being the entertainment and you always have to remain humble about that. Like knowing that you can be replaced at a moment's instance and you have to know what 
the value is that you bring to the team. You could be the best DJ in the world, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you are a good sports DJ or in-game DJ. Like what we do is a lot of in-game stuff and you have to have thick skin because you may have a producer. Like whenever I go to a new team and I'm asking like, oh, what's the production style? Are you a yeller? I always ask the producer, are you a yeller? And they're like, yeah, I'm a yeller. I was like, okay, cool. Like you like don't hold back for me because I can take it. Like right. A lot of DJs will freeze because they're, she's yelling. I'm like, right. it's okay. Yeah, so that's, that's just how they are. And also Twitter tells yeah. you everything you need to know. The sports fans <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> they're I rough. The Baylor as well. So Baylor basketball, we're in the middle of basketball, so you did football. Baylor fans love to be on Twitter. And it's quite interesting reading some of their tweets because I really want to be like, if you only knew exactly what was going on in that moment. Right. Yeah, I actually want to kind of talk about this really quick because I know you previously were talking about it's all about timing, which me and Ali always talk about, like in sports entertainment, it is always about timing. And you reference like you have your iPad with the certain sounds. I remember doing this back in 2020, whenever it was COVID year. And then the NBA, we had to bring in virtual crowd noise. And so we had a similar mm -hmm. system where obviously we were trying to get the 17,000 fans to sound like correct to sound like it was up, but talk a little bit about how important it is to not only understand the game, but to be aware of what's going on so you don't miss a beat. Yeah. So that's a very good point. Just to give like people that are in my role. So I'm literally paying attention to the game, but for basketball, mm -hmm. for example, I'm looking at the coaches. I'm looking at how many timeouts we have. I'm looking at the clock to see if there's a media break coming up. I'm thinking about the situation or about what could happen, who's in the game. I am listening to my producer. I am thinking four or five things ahead. And it's very important to be like prepared. Like you said, you don't only need to know the game, but you have to know your team. Like you have to know if so-and-so gets the ball, are they about to shoot? And then if they shoot or if they get a big block or something, what are you going to play? But then you have to know your library and you have to know where all the buttons are. And on one page, there's 72 buttons. But on my page, I may be on a defensive page and there might be a big sound that I need because maybe there was a steal and then they went over and they dumped the ball. Well, that's not going to be on my defensive page anymore. I got to switch pages and I have to know where my the eyes to go in order to click on that button to bring up the crowd energy. And then right. let's say there's an injury, like the home team gets a huge dunk and somebody's injured well i can't celebrate the injury because you can play the wrong thing at the wrong time and you can pass on the wrong message and that mm -hmm. is like a huge no-no you're making me anxious over here thinking about all the stuff you have to do i mean i'm nicole and i are like oh we got a lot of stuff going on but what you're saying is so interesting because just recapping having to have your eyes on so many things at once for example the basketball court and like you mm -hmm. said the players the coaches the timeouts the big screen the vibe the emotion is there an injury knowing what players are on the court it's a crazy job that you have and really any sports dj just thinking about making sure you hit all those boxes i mean is that just something you're learning as you go in experience in those like amateur sports that you did leading up to this point or have you been like i'm learning right here on the job a lot of it is learning on the job you don't know what you need until it happens and then you realize you don't right. have anything for that specific thing so I'll, <laughs> i can give like a couple of examples so 
along with doing Cowboys and everything else right now, I'm also in Athletes Unlimited and Athletes Unlimited is a professional women's league. So they have lacrosse, field hockey, softball, basketball, and volleyball. So last year I was doing volleyball. So we're in South Dallas and there's a lot of stray animals over there. Somehow a cat ends up <laughs> on my DJ booth. <laughs> I just saw no. it over. It just jumped on me. I jumped on the booth and I was like, <laughs> I was like, y'all, there's cat in there. I was like, I think the broadcast started talking about it. So I was like, well, what can I play for a cat? Oh, I'm going to play a Yamik song. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to play it. But if that ever happens again, I'm going to load it in there. You'll so be prepared. Yeah, exactly. Let's open the LED wall went out and the LED walls go around the entire court. The worst possible time for it to go out is right before the trophy ceremony. Spent nine days there, LED walls working. And all of a sudden, the last day, it doesn't work anymore. Granted, it's because oh, no. probably the 130 mile an hour serves. So there's a big gap in the in the wall where sponsorship is supposed to go. And that's a big deal when you're presenting a trophy for the sponsorship to be up there. The person that was fixing the wall, he was like, well, how much time do you have? And they're like, well, not really any time, but you definitely need to fix it for the next match. So I pretty much, I had fun with it. And I played like 10 minutes of songs about waiting. Like waiting is the hardest part <laughs> or I will wait, I will wait for you. So I got a chance to do that. But then in the next doubles match, then what they call Hawkeye, Hawkeye is a system that tells you if the ball is in or out on the line. There's these high tech cameras. So Hawkeye went out and it turned into a 20 minute delay. And at this point, I'm just going to start trolling. So I played like the Cisco hold music when you have to call. And so I put you on hold and then Coldplay <laughs> fix you. There's a lot of songs that are, you can use as puns in order to tell the story of what's going on. And so I say that because any sport, something could go wrong. You could have a delay. You can have a review. So yeah. it's telling the story and you're learning as you go, honestly. And then they become great stories afterwards. Do you have to have a lot of confidence in what you're doing? Because you have to make split second decisions. Like you said, there's no time to dilly dally or wonder what could happen next. So you really have to trust your instincts, right? Yeah. I mean, when I first started, I was really nervous, like super, super nervous yeah. just because I'm in, in charge of every <laughs> single thing that comes out of my laptop, every single song. Right. right. And as you get more experience and as I've gotten more big gigs, it's one of those things of where I don't necessarily have to prep as hard anymore, but I do still need to look at a rundown to see what's going on because I need to know, like at Baylor, I'm in a front-facing role where it's like, you are the DJ, you are DJ Elusive, we're going to put you up on the video board, we're going to do all this stuff. Okay, well, now I have to go into DJ mode and like, <laughs> in the life of the party and like, the ding, ding, right. ding, and all that other stuff, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, the triple air horn, which we had at the yeah. wedding. We had our Mavs game the other day. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so that is so interesting to me because I feel like you really bring up a whole thing, which is that sports DJs have now become their own brand. You're mm -hmm. not just sitting behind the booth, behind the glass, kind of hidden from what's going on. Teams really are embracing this whole sports DJ role, and they want you to, like, be another big entertainment piece. So did you have to kind of readjust your thinking into like, yeah, I am actually like a performer sports DJ. It was actually the other way around because like I was always somewhat of a performer, like I DJ clubs for forever so I can get on the mic. Right. Now, True. I do it for athletes unlimited where they will come to me for crowd hype uh, right before we do tip off. Now, 
there's times where if y'all know me and y'all y'all know me, I have to bite my tongue because I'm like, all right, I'm not in the club anymore. Let me play by my tongue. <laughs> Let me make sure what I want to say. I have to say, put your hands up in the air and not put your hands up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. You're NFing. So, yeah. <laughs> so that, like, it comes with a lot of responsibility. It comes with a lot of like realizing where you are in the situation and then just going back to the music standpoint, I mean, we talked about checking tick marks. When I pick the music, that's also like, does it make sense for sports? Is it popular? Is it something that I can play around kids? Is it, is this team a hip hop team? There's some schools that don't want that. So you have to like right. be able to literally go into these things and you have the biggest age gap. You can have 80 year olds there. You could have six year olds. <laughs> How do you play something for each one of those people? So that part is what it comes with responsibility and it comes with a lot of prep and i'm never 100 percent ready like that's just honestly I'm, I'm never ready because you just don't know what you're going into what works at yeah, one I, place may not work somewhere else right i remember ray allen the nba great was asked why he always continues to practice so incessantly on his shots. And he said, I've never made 100% of my shots. You're never 100% prepared. There's all kinds of different situations and scenarios that can play out. And that's the same for anybody that's in the sports entertainment world as well. There's so many mm -hmm. scenarios that we have to be prepared for that we can't really prep for. You just have to be prepared for. And I think that that's just a common theme amongst any of us, whether you're producer, whether you're DJ, whether you're host, you just got to be ready for it. Yep. So true. Wow. I feel like we've learned so much from you. This has been awesome. I'm so glad we get to finally connect. I know you are the busiest guy on the planet. Thank you for taking the time to come on to the It's A Lot Y'all podcast. DJ Elusive, everybody. Thank you. It was definitely a lot, y'all. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us for episode six. That's a wrap for the It's A Lot, Y'all podcast. Don't forget to follow us on all the social media platforms. But the most important thing is for you to subscribe and like us on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And please give us that five-star review. All right. See you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>